This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free for all Friday means you set the tone. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. Good afternoon, and without further ado, let's go to one of our first callers here, and we have quite a few already lined up. It's almost as if we're uh, outside of a mass vaccination clinic with everyone lining up. Let's go to Gail in Niagara-on-the-Lake. Good afternoon, Gail. Hi, thank you, Bob, for taking my call. I listen every day to Zoomer. I listened to your program yesterday, and I thought I'd call in. Um, I'm in my 70s, and I booked on the provincial site for my vaccine. Um, I had absolutely, absolutely no problem at all. I booked for my first shot and my second. Um, I want to shout out to Seymour Hanna Arena in St. Catharines. I went there. I've already had my shot. Um, They were totally, totally organized. There was three lineups outside at the time of your appointment. It went like clockwork. I had no problem. And I booked uh, appeal at Chris Gibson Arena for my son in Brampton on the Peel site. And he goes April the 25th. And um, I booked for a friend for Peel. He had his on April the 13th. Uh, five people in the line, absolutely no problem in and out, and just went totally, totally organized. So I just want to say to people, don't get discouraged. Like, I, I had absolutely no problem with the site booking, absolutely none. I just followed, you know, uh, you know the questions asked. Mm-hmm. So, so I just wanted to let people know, don't. Don't be discouraged. And my neighbor, uh, two doors down, who's in his 80s, he booked himself online and had his vaccine uh, this week. Now, which so, which one did you get, Gail? I got Pfizer, and uh, my friend in Brampton also got Pfizer. Any reaction for you? Absolutely none. Just, hey. just a, a sore arm. Yeah. That was it. Kind of like your... Uh, Typical reaction from uh, even a seasonal flu shot where it's a bit sore for a few days, but that's it, eh? That's right. That's right. You know, so I'm listening to your show yesterday and these people calling in and I thought, you know, if a lot of people hear this, they're going to get discouraged and not try. But um, I just wanted people to know, you know, keep trying because, um, you know, the people that I know and my sister and brother-in-law that are from Newmarket, they booked online and have already got their shots. Okay. Gail, thank you very much, first of all, for listening. Secondly, for calling in and uh, sharing your uh, experience. And maybe this will get some people to go over to their computer or pick up the phone and uh, try to do so if they haven't already. Thank you very much, Bob. You have a great day. You as well. Thank you. Let's go to Ron in Guelph. Good afternoon, Ron. Good afternoon, Bob. Thanks for taking my call and just listening to Gail there. And um, I'm 72. I've had a Pfizer shot in Guelph. Um, I had no issues either uh, booking um, uh, an appointment. Um, the only thing I'm disappointed, I guess, is everybody keeps asking me when's my next shot, and they didn't give me a date for my next shot. Am I supposed to have a date for the next shot? Well, I thought that's something that you do at the time of getting that first shot, that that arrangement would have been made. They did not uh, discuss it with you. Well, I mean, I, maybe it, maybe not, because, I mean, they keep saying Pfizer is now three months, four months for a booster shot. So I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to phone public health. Yeah, double check there, because I know of some people who have already received their first shot, and at that time arrangements were made for the second. And I believe Gail, who was just on with us from Niagara-on-the-Lake, said uh, her second one was uh, booked at that point. So it could have been an unintentional oversight, possibly. But, well, I, w- been, but... I would I would look into that uh, sooner rather than later, given how 
You just had it recently instead of waiting, you know, months later saying, yes, I was in at this time and just wondering what, try to deal with it now, get it all figured out now so you don't have to uh, possibly worry later on because we don't know what the future holds as far as the supplies. We keep being told that uh, plenty's on the way, but we'll see. Yeah, well, the, the reason I'm calling is um, I listen every day. I'm like Gail, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Zoomer you know, on the AM740. Um, I haven't heard. I, you, they keep saying, here's the stats, how many people have been infections there are, and there's a, a chart you can see. But nowhere they keep saying, okay, 29 deaths. Now, the deaths have obviously gone down in the senior citizens' homes, thank yes. goodness. Yeah. But I see no stats on, you know, of those 29 people. How old were the other people that got... Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, based on what we're hearing from the experts uh, and and what we, I guess, all read and, and what we hear and what we're told, it seems like more and more now it's uh, it's younger people. But as far as those who pass, it's still quite a bit. It's upwards of 90 percent or so. Those who are 60 and older are the ones who are passing, even though younger ones are getting more of the infections, uh, it's still the 60-plus that uh, unfortunately are uh, succumbing to uh, the virus. Okay. You know, I'm I'm just thinking that maybe if the, and I, you know, I feel, honestly, I feel sorry for Doug Ford because he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't, right? Mm. I mean, anybody. uh, It's, uh, you know what? It's easy to be uh, in opposition at, at any level. Of government oh. or even in society, because it's it's just so easy to to be pitching stones instead of well, being on true. the scene, I mean, feeling it, trying to figure stuff out. Again, not an apologist, not a defender. Just generally speaking, looking at uh, any given situation, it's easy well, to be critical. Uh, offer a solution rather than just uh, being critical. Well, I, I, I that that could be a subject for no, oh, another day. Another day. I mean, I'm many just, days. I'm I wish that they could, you know, if there was a stat somewhere, um, somehow, uh, I mean, they've got to try and get to um, to the people. I mean, University of Guelph, they had an outbreak, right. and they forced students into, um, into quarantine. And, I mean, this is the kind of thing, somehow, how do we get to the young people and convince them that it's their grandparents, their parents that are going to pass away um, if... If this thing, if they catch it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Uh, there may be a publicity campaign. I don't know, Bob, but um, how do you get the message through? You know, like we were all, you know what? We were all young once. We never went uh, through anything like this when we were, were young. And uh, when you are young, you think uh, you're invincible. Well, generally, generally speaking, not saying every single young person out there has that mindset where they're they're not taking precautions. They're not mindful of what this could possibly do if they should uh, inadvertently bring it home and then have uh, someone older get it, etc. And, you know, worst case scenario, not saying that everyone feels that way and that they're being flippant. But uh, let's face it, there are those that uh, uh, are not all that concerned. And and we see it out there. We see it out there every day with uh, with. I'm not saying strictly young, but you see quite a few out there that uh, aren't uh, practicing the measures that we keep being told we should. Ron, a pleasure speaking to you. We're going to move along here and go to. Yes, you are. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Okay, you're Thanks, welcome, bye. Mary in Stony Creek. You want to change it up a bit? I do. All right. Uh, I certainly have some stones to throw. Uh, there was a member of Parliament that was found. Uh, uh, shall we say, lacking some clothing, and he, uh, it was made public. Now, I don't sympathize with that, but in order to be on the format, uh, whether it was Zoom or the parliamentarians use another uh, type of media, uh, the member of parliament had to sign in. And in signing in, he is declaring that he's present. And uh, the fact that he went for a run came back and forgot that he was on this call, really puts into question the kind of people we have in Parliament. We saw this kind of deception going on with our former uh, Minister of Finance provincially, and it was a disgrace for him, it was a disgrace for the Ford government. This is at a federal level, and it's not really coming to light that this fellow 
had to go on to the media in the first place and then went for a run. Now, I know they don't always have to be present for the discussions, but that really is what we're paying them for, not for going for a run. Okay. So that's my beef, and I don't want to take any more time. Okay, Thanks very, so much. Okay, very good. Thank you. That's uh, Mary in Stony Creek. And before we move on to our next uh, caller, uh, Lauren in Toronto has been quite patient. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau saying that Canada has a deal with Pfizer now to buy another 8 million doses. That's on top of what the company is already scheduled to uh, send our way. 4 million coming in May, uh, 2 million in June, and 2 million in July. So from Pfizer, Trudeau announcing 4 million coming, doses coming in May, 2 more million from Pfizer in June, and another 2 million in July. Lauren in Toronto, good afternoon. Hello. Go ahead, Lauren. You're on. Yeah. Uh, I booked uh, an appointment through the Shoppers Drug Mart site for my friend and myself. She got vaccinated on the 6th of April, and I was on the 7th. Of course, I go there, and there's chaos. (laughs) They had a glitch in the computer. Anyway, I finally got my shot. But I didn't get a certificate of vaccination. She got one emailed through me. I can't print it because my my laptop went kapooey, and that's what's attached to my printer. But I never got one. And her certificate says, your next vaccination will be. There's no date. You will be contacted. Well, do we assume they email it or what? I don't know. I haven't got any proof I got a vac- vaccination. And you, sorry, you said you got yours at a pharmacy. Yes, Shoppers well, Drug Mart in Maine and Danforth. Okay, all right. Well, I, I would go back there and speak to someone back there, and uh, there has to be some record on uh, on their end just so that you can have proof on your end. And then yes. maybe at the same time, they could answer that question for you that you have. Uh-huh. Okay, Lauren? Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh, all right, you take care. You too. Thank you. And I think Cheryl in Toronto, good afternoon. And Cheryl, I think you might be able to answer the uh, uh, question there that Lauren had and concerns and one of our other callers about uh, about that second shot. Yes. Um, as you know, every hospital, every city has their own booking system and way of doing things. Um, Sunnybrook Hospital will give you another date immediately. Um, my parents got their vaccine there. I got mine at Humber River Hospital. And I was told that public health will be contacting me with a second appointment. Okay. So, right. so, so no, it's all, it's all messed up. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say there was just the other day had, uh, uh, Jane Brown had uh, Toronto city councilor, Josh Matlow saying how he's calling on the province as are some of the medical medical community who support him, that there should be pre-registration for, uh, for all as opposed to, there should be every day I go on, on the internet trying to find out where my son can get vaccinated. We're in a hot zone, but um, apparently there, there's no information. Okay. All right. Well, uh, fingers crossed that uh, that can get sorted out for for you, Cheryl, and uh, your family, and uh, all the best, and thank you. Thank you. Stay safe. You Bye-bye. As, you as well. All right. Before we take a break, uh, good afternoon here to Sue in Toronto. Sue. Go ahead, Sue. Well, let's try it again. Sue, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, go ahead. Hi. Um, I, was just, I was reading a very interesting uh, article in the Globe and Mail yesterday, and it was a study done by Oxford University. And, of course, they said that the risk of clots from COVID is much greater than the risk from the vaccines. But what they did say, they looked at a number of people um, who got the Pfizer Moderna in the States, and they got the information from the States, from their records, and then for the AstraZeneca, they got it from the EMA. And what they said was that for the Pfizer and uh, Moderna vaccine, the risk of developing CVST, which is a, the thrombosis everybody's talking about, mm-hmm. is four to, four to one million for Pfizer and Moderna. And then the risk for the AstraZeneca is five per million. So this was their study. This is the numbers they got. And now, of course, they said it hasn't been peer-reviewed. But what's interesting that I find is that if this is the case, according to the study, which hasn't been peer-reviewed from Oxford University, and I'm assuming they have, you know, one of the best researchers and, you know, professors and academics, why, why is the media and uh, fixated on AstraZeneca? Why not report these numbers, too? Of course, Pfizer also has said, no, 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 we've administered 2 million. We haven't had this. But there we should show that it's happening, too. 
So cool. I find that interesting that everybody's focusing on AstraZeneca, but not the Pfizer Moderna for the oh. blood clots. Okay, well, there you've just brought that uh, to light to uh, to Zoomer radio listeners here on on Fight Back, and they can uh, look into that yeah. further. As I'm sure, as this uh, pandemic uh, moves along, I, I'm sure it uh, the spotlight will not strictly be on uh, one drug company's product. And uh, Sue in Toronto, thanks for Thank you. thanks for giving Thank you. us a call. Thank you. Bye bye. Bob Comsick sitting in for Libby Zneimer on Free For All Friday. Fight back on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM downtown. And on Monday, Libby Zneimer will be back. So you'll have a chance to hear what Libby will have to say and who she'll have on the program in addition to the Zoomer squad on Monday. And uh, maybe if there's something that catches your attention, something you'd like to weigh in on, no need to wait until Free For All Friday. Give Libby and the guests a call on Monday. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Sitting in for Libby Snymer... Here is Bob Comsick. Welcome back. And before we get to more of our listeners, including Tony in Keswick, four one six three six zero zero seven forty or toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Now the CMA, that's the Canadian Medical Association, which represents doctors across the country, uh, calling for extraordinary measures, including sharing provincial health care resources and dropping the per capita approach to vaccine distribution. What the CMA wants to see is Ottawa to think about reprioritizing its distribution strategy, focus on the urgent areas instead of uh, distributing the vaccines to provinces on a per capita basis. And the province, uh, I should say, the organization also says provinces should be sharing their resources with areas that are especially hard hit. And, of course, uh, Ontario being one of the hardest hit along with uh, with Quebec. And uh, it also wants to see further restrictions as well must also be considered in provinces with uh, rapid rates of transmission. And again, this province, of course, being one of them. And around 2.30 this afternoon, we expect Doug Ford to announce some tougher measures, all kinds of things uh, being considered, maybe even a, a provincial curfew. And before that, however, in about half hour's time or so, uh, the latest modeling projections coming from the Ontario Science Advisory Table. This is basically the province's team of scientists and experts uh, taking a look at possible scenarios, and it will show that case counts could rise as high as 18,000 new daily infections. So that's around four times the already record current rate. Now, the projections apparently assume that even tougher restrictions will be in place and that schools will be kept closed. Now, Jeremy Logan mentioned in in the news at noon how we've got another daily record, breaking yesterday's daily record, 4,812 new cases, 25 more deaths. Breaking down the new cases of the 4,812, 1,469 in Toronto, 851 in Peel, 491 in York Region, 268 in Durham. And, of course, in long-term care, it's seen, uh, not in long-term care, but in ICUs and hospitals, every day a record is set in terms of the number of patients as we, at last look, start approaching close to 700 people in a hospital ICU somewhere. Tony and Keswick, thank you for being so patient. Your turn. Uh, no problem. Thanks, Bob. I enjoy your news when you do, buddy. Um, yeah, that 72-year-old guy that called about uh, his second shot, uh, when I went on Tuesday, they uh, after I filled out my form, uh, and she called me up to well, put everything in the computer, and she asked me if I wanted it text to me uh, for my next 
chat or if I wanted it to email to me. So maybe he didn't hear that, but that's what they usually do. They usually text your phone or they'll email it. So I don't know if that's uh, that happened to him, but that's what they normally do. Just ask you one or the other. So Yeah. So, and uh, sorry, you did get one then. Yeah. Yeah. I got mine on Tuesday, my, my shot on Tuesday, but they said when your time, they said, we'll text you for your next shot. We'll yeah. let you know. Yeah. It could so be. They, Depending on which one you got, it could also be, you know, depends on supply once again, right? So maybe that's why yeah. you didn't get a date yet. Yeah, so she said, when we text you, we'll set up an appointment for your next shot. And that's it. I said, okay, great. So they'll be doing all that when they're all ready for whatever they got to do. And uh, and I'm due for it. So Which one did I, you I, get, Tony? Jeez, uh, that's a good question. Did you get uh, Pfizer, I, Moderna? Uh, the Pfizer. Pfizer. Yeah. And I I don't know if you heard the the news from the prime minister. This was short. It was close to 12 o'clock and uh, the breaking news. uh, Justin Trudeau saying that Canada has a deal now with Pfizer to buy another eight million on top of what the company is already committed to uh, to sending our way. So another four million coming in May, two more million in June, two more million in July. So not here, but uh, coming down the pipe, apparently. Well, you know, it's, it's, I just think it's uh, the sooner people get it done and, and they stop bickering about it, you know, you know, the sooner, you know, things will get back to hopefully normal. So, I, you know, I feel for people that, uh, and I lost a, a second cousin of 53 to, to COVID, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of lives being lost. And you would think people would, would be more in, inclined to uh, participate with what the, uh, the mayor says and everybody else says about following protocol. So. Uh, condolences to to you personally and to your family for your your loss. You're right. It is a difficult time. We're all fed yeah. up, but at the same time, uh, the finish line is not uh, is not that close yet. So yeah. uh, again, yeah. all the all the best to you and yours. And again, sorry to hear about your loss. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I really enjoy it. Okay. Sure, but- Thank you very much. Tony and Keswick. Let's go to uh, Melanie, not all that far from us here in Liberty Village, and L- Melanie's in High Park. Good afternoon, Melanie. Hi. If I could run, I'd be there in five minutes, but I could bicycle there possibly. Okay. I, I just want to give you, your station, Libby, uh, Jane, all of you, and uh, Mr. Zneimer, for your station being like like road signs on a highway in a strange country you've never been to. Because of your show and your listeners, I was able to get an appointment within, I called on a Thursday, and on Tuesday I was vaccinated, so was my husband. So between our physician and really your station and the callers telling us how some of them got their appointments, how to do it, not to give up. You were a phenomenal encouragement, and I just want to say thank you so much. And Unity Health Work, uh, Health Network is phenomenal. Calling in, they were gracious. They were wonderful. We got there. It was wonderful. No lineups, nothing. And because it was scheduled beautifully. And yes, you need to, I'm not a great computer person, but I did get an appointment for my husband and I the next day I said oh you have a text message and yes it was for an appointment for the, our second shot so I just want to say thank you listeners all of you are wonderful don't give up keep trying and I'll say do the phone because I did it over the phone I wouldn't be able to get anywhere on the computer the phone is wonderful for the Unity Health Network and for all the hospitals all my friends have done it that way even though they're computer geniuses okay. they just went straight to the phone thank you God bless you all thank you so much okay Melanie in High Park thank you so much and let's go to Suzanne in Oakville so uh, you're not going to stay on the in the COVID lane no, Bob, unfortunately not. Just to give myself a break and perhaps others listening from COVID and the vaccines who are getting them fortunate enough and who want to get them. Yes, um, I just wondered, my, my personal view about the status about uh, Prince Harry, the, the situation he's in now, is that being in England with his family, that I am so hopeful uh, verging on confidence, actually, that he will make amends with the family, that he will apologize, because in my view, a huge apology is owed to the royal family 
point. First of all, uh, stepping away from the royal family, what, 13, 14 months ago, and then with the Oprah interview. It was so unfair to the, to the Queen. Yes, I am very fond of the uh, British monarchy, any monarchy for that matter, for um, that interview, for airing um, their personal laundry to the world. So I just wondered if perhaps other listeners might have a point of view, hopefully a similar to mine, that amends will be made, that he will apologize, and he will come away knowing that he still has a family. And that's pretty well all. Okay. All right, Suzanne and Oakville, thank you so much. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740 if you wish to comment on Prince Harry. Maybe we go back to COVID. Uh, while we're on COVID, this is something mentioned on Zoomer Radio News uh, throughout the course of yesterday afternoon and then again this morning with uh, with Jane Brown. Uh, you may or may not have heard this or maybe just kind of half caught it and not quite sure uh, about the whole story. So overburdened hospitals in the province will start transferring some patients to available beds in long-term care homes. Now, the ministry, as well as Ontario Health, issuing a written request to the facilities a few days ago asking them to, quote, do everything they can over the next two weeks to safely admit or readmit hospitalized patients waiting for a space. The goal, move at least 1,500 patients across the 626 nursing homes. Currently, there's around 6,000 empty beds in LTC. Now, you've got doctors and advocates cautioning against it, uh, concerned about the staffing situation. One of the advocates, and and she's been on with uh, Libby on, on Fight Back, uh, more than once, Dr. Vivian Stamatopoulos, saying it's a disaster waiting to happen. Staffing's been decimated in nursing homes. We don't have a minimum staffing standard in the homes. You're not going to get the quality of care that you get in hospitals, period. Now, the province requesting long-term care homes start accepting two to three patients a week. Ministry says new admissions will not place people into spaces needed for isolation or into third and fourth beds where you have the ward rooms, where there's upwards of four to a room. And the OLTCA, that's the Ontario Long-Term Care Association, also requesting that any patient coming in be vaccinated. So maybe you've got somebody in long-term care you'd care to uh, to comment on that or some other aspect of the situation with the pandemic, maybe you've got your shot, had a good experience, would care to share that to uh, help anyone who might be a little reluctant to do so. Uh, maybe uh, you're having trouble uh, getting uh, an appointment and you'd like to uh, touch on that. Maybe just this whole rollout, the way it's being done. You agree with the way it's being done. Don't agree with uh, how it should be done. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-740-4740. Now let's go to Mike in Collingwood, who has been extremely patient. Mike, welcome. Yes, thank you for taking my call. I have a very serious issue. Um, I have the availability to get a shot at the local shopper's drug mart. Uh, I've spoken with them on the phone. I've been using them for 40 years. I'm 78 years old. Tuesday of this week, I'm not talking a month ago, they have the virus, or have the virus, they have the vaccine available to inject me. I was denied and refused because I don't have a cell phone or a computer. I can speak to them on the phone. And uh, this has gotten ridiculous. Have you? Can I just uh, well, jump in? I just want okay, to no, no, go ahead, Mike. I also contacted Jim Wilson's office, who is the the uh, local um, provincial MP, and I contacted Dowdo, who is the federal MP in this. In this, actually, they have offices in this town. They're not interested in even talking to me. I also contacted the Simcoe County Health Ute in in Barrie and Collingwood. This thing is beyond ridiculous. So apparently I have to buy a cell phone and a computer 
to get vaccinated. Tell you what, tell you what, that, I just wanted to let you finish, the courtesy to let you finish. I was, as you were talking there, I was listening. Okay, you've tried this, you've tried this. Have you gone back or did you at the, uh, when you tried to book and they told you that you needed either a, a phone or internet access, did you maybe consider a relative and maybe propose that to them saying, look, I don't have a cell phone. I, I haven't, I, I don't want one. I don't have access to internet or maybe you're not comfortable in using it. Don't you have a family member who might be able to go down with you and try well, to sort of please? Most family members are deceased or they live out of the country. Here's the problem, and, 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 and I'm repeating myself. I should be able to book an appointment over the phone or go over there and, and book an appointment, you know, and make a, and, and get vaccinated. And get a, why not just even ask them for a printout? They're not doing nothing for me because I don't have a cell phone and a computer. Mike, you know and, what and I would local, do? And the local health units and politicians... This has gone beyond being ridiculous. Okay, Mike. Uh, these people aren't interested in helping me at all. Now, somehow or another, uh, uh, something has to be done, and I've fallen through the cracks. All right, I've, Mike. I called all. Listen, Mike. I yep, called yep. all the appropriate people, and people are just sitting on their ass. Okay. Now you've made your point. You made it a couple times. I've I've heard you. I agree. Something should be done. This sounds like quite the exception to the rule. I would propose still going back. Talk to the pharmacist, not just whoever's there, whoever's pharmacy that is, who's the owner, and say, look, really? Give me a printout. I mean, I'm eligible and I'm being denied and that shouldn't be the case. I think if you state it, you know, passionately and succinctly and nicely, though, uh, I'd like to think they would be able to just print it out and you would be able to get it. I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if not. And you can always give us a call back and let us know if uh, if you have any any luck with that. Let myself know or maybe even Libby next week. So I'd suggest you do that. Uh, don't give up. Go back. Keep trying. There's got to be a way that you get your shot. Mike uh, in Collingwood, uh, thank you so much and good luck to you, sir. Okay, let's go to Bill in East York. Bill. Yes, uh, good afternoon. Enjoy your show, Bob, a regular listener. Okay, thank you, Bill. Uh, the only thing I'm uh, concerned about is uh, what the public uh, never hear. Uh, this is just a wild thing, an assumption. Let's say there's 10 reported cases of COVID-19. Uh, we don't hear how many recovered, six people, seven people recovered, and say three, four go uh, need hospitalization. Okay. And of those people that go in the hospital, how many go in the ICU? And that's my uh, big point. We just hear, oh, there's so many got it, so many got it. And that's the point I want to make, uh, Bob. Okay, yeah. Um, and Bill, just uh, to let you know, I mean, because there's just so many numbers and we're all yeah. bombarded. And, and, and trust me, in the newsroom, looking at all this information and having it come from every direction. So you yeah. you, you, you do try to kind of take a, take a step back and just lay it out as simply as possible and not get involved overly in the numbers. But we will yeah. normally give, here's the total for the day. Here's the breakdown. Here's how many are hospitalized. Here's how many are in intensive care, given the fact that there is mm -hmm. mounting pressure on uh, the hospitals with their resources. So we, we do try to break it down. But in terms of every single aspect, uh, I, no, I think no, it would but, be mine. It would be mind numbing, and it is. Yeah, but yeah. you know what I'm saying, Bob. Yep. Like, okay, four thousand cases reported. Yep. How many actually recovered, and, and roughly yep. how long? I mean, they, and, and how many are in the hospital, and how many are in the ICU? We never hear that. That's all my point. Okay. All right, Bill. Maybe we'll yeah. uh, we'll also give uh, give some attention and and uh, shed yeah. the light on how many have uh, recovered as well. That's a that's a valid point. Good. Bill? I enjoy your show. Thanks, uh, Bob. I'll let you go. Okay. Thank you, Bill. And uh, before we take a, a break here, we're hearing about some other breaking news, and of course, Doug Ford will be making his announcement this afternoon around uh, two thirty as far as measures that we can expect uh, from the provincial government, and apparently. It is reaching out to every province and territory for help with health care resources amid the record-breaking cases we're seeing in Ontario. So we'll see what else comes out of that 
briefing from Doug Ford and some of his fellow cabinet ministers at uh, 2.30. And then, of course, at 1 o'clock, we've got the uh, science advisors with their latest uh, projections in terms of uh, what we could see if uh, if we don't get a handle on this thing. Worst case scenarios, uh, etc. I'm Bob Comsick sitting in for Libby Snymer. You're listening to Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM downtown, 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. Back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me! Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. And welcome back in Murray and Malton. Uh, we'll let you go now and uh, let you have your say. No need to break anything, as uh, the fellow did there, breaking that glass there. We'll, we'll allow you to get up on your soapbox and, uh, and make your point. Go Hi, ahead. Bob. Uh, I have an echo somehow. Uh, um, my, my point is, uh, if Justin Trudeau is going to... Um, redirect the vaccine. Maybe Doug Ford should be able to do that as well. Take the vaccine, I mean, a small amount, not a large amount, but a small amount from those areas that are have very little uh, access to the, the virus. You know, we have to wait and just see how things are going to unfold over the next little while. That could be a case of instead of doing the per capita, focusing on those areas uh, of concern where as a few of the mayors and political leaders and uh, two that come to mind to me are the ones in Peel region in Brampton, Patrick Brown and in Mississauga, Bonnie Crombie, basically saying we need the vaccines. And of course, they give us the analogy of a fire saying, you know, if this home's on fire, why are we going down the street and, uh, you know, pouring water somewhere else when the fire is here? That's not to say they should be prioritized over everyone else. But if you've got a hot spot, normally that's how you put out a fire is you uh, you douse it. And uh, so we'll see just how things go. OK, yeah, Murray, exactly. did you that's, did, did that's you get what you do if you have a big fire, you bring yeah. in the big equipment. Right? right. Have you got your have you had your shot yet? Yes, I have. OK, but so my, my other concern is uh, the buses. Right. I don't know how many. Uh, cases that they can't find uh, a, a root cause of it. But I would say that these people that are getting the virus are probably going to work on public transit. Well, these these are the ones I think that when we talk about the ones going to work are the ones being, uh, they're the essential workers is what I'm trying to spit out. They're the essential workers and they feel they've got to go. And it comes back to, you know, people being concerned, Oh, I've got to go to work. I can't take a day off. And that's why you have people such as uh, the opposition leader in the province, Andrea Horvath and others saying, you know, you need paid sick day so that these people can go get their shots. And if they have to be at home, uh, then so be it instead of going in and uh, and contributing to the community spread. Murray yeah. and Malton, thank you very much. We're going to let you go and say good afternoon now to Rachel in Brampton. Go ahead, Rachel. Good afternoon. Hi, Bob. How are you? Good. Yourself? Good, thanks. Uh, I'm actually calling regarding um, the vaccine uh, for special need uh, children and teens. 18 and above, it's very hard uh, to get the information. I went on Peel, I'm in Brampton, so I, uh, I went to the Peel Public Health website. It's, there's nowhere it says, uh, uh, you know, intellectual disability or Down syndrome children or teens to get vaccinated. So I actually went and uh, I put it on Facebook with the Toronto Autism Group. They're the one who told me, like, oh, you, you have to go to the, the uh, William Hosler website under under uh, high-risk category. That's what I found. It. I finally had a, an appointment for my son, who's 18, to get vaccinated, right? So I'm just uh, 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 telling your listeners, that's how you have to go to the, the high-risk category, and you will find out. 
you where know, it is, it's, but it's not clear. It's just very hard to get the information. You know, ever since the vaccine, the vaccines have been uh, rolled out. There have been stories such as your, such as yours, maybe not necessarily with uh, a special needs child, but still, mm-hmm. where there's frustration being expressed, there's concern about how to get the information that people uh, just unaware of just how to go about getting a shot and uh, you're not alone and luckily by you reaching out the way you did through the social media and such and now by sharing it here on the radio even if you've been able to help one or two others it's a big deal and uh thank you and glad to hear rachel and brampton that uh your son's getting his so when's he going in he's going to 27 which uh He's under the spectrum of autism, so shot like this, it really scares him. So I'm prepping, prepping him, like, really, um, because uh, letting him know it's like a flu shot, and, you know, so it's it's uh, it's not easy for parents. So I wish we knew exactly where these kids are getting vaccinated. Uh, so it's uh, totally... So I, I thank uh, the, the Ontario, Ontario Autism Group that on Facebook that they... They, they they help me out. So it's there is actually under the fish. What is it? The high risk category, but it's yes. actually the development dis- delay and Down syndrome. So that's where you can get a point. Yeah, next uh, the twenty seven he's getting for his vaccination. Glad to hear, Rachel in Brampton. Thanks for uh, for calling up, and uh, glad that your your prayers have been answered there, and that your son will be getting his. Good to hear. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much, and. We mentioned just before we took the break that um, apparently the Ford government reaching out to other provinces and territories for for help with health care res- resources. And apparently the health ministry uh, is uh, is acknowledging that it's uh, becoming increasingly uh, difficult to to get through this uh, Time and that the province's ICUs are becoming increasingly strained, leading to an estimated gap in staffing of around 4,145 nurses over the next four months. So we'll see if Doug Ford, during his uh, during his announcement this afternoon, might allude to uh, to this letter and to this position that the government is reportedly uh, taking in terms of reaching out to other provinces and territories to get through this rather difficult time that we're seeing in in hospitals and in particular with the intensive care units. Let's now go to Judy in Toronto. Judy. Hello. Yes, welcome. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. I am so blessed. I... um met someone special. This is my second birthday that I spent in lockdown. Last year, I spent it alone. This year, I met someone special in October, and uh, he's just perfect. That is wonderful. I know. This lockdown this year is a piece of cake. Since October, we, well, we're not living together. He lives about 10 minutes away, and he's coming over to cook my dinner. And he does my housework. He's hung all my paintings. I just, I, I'm over the moon. Judy, I've never been happier. That That is wonderful. In this difficult time where it's quite stressful and continues to be for so many people, we hear about the mental health issues that a lot of people are experiencing. Oh, I know. For you yeah. to, to have that happen to yourself at a difficult time. I know. If that time, didn't happen, I'd probably be in the psychiatric ward right now, I'm telling you. When, uh, when sorry, when was or is your birthday today or, or was or it's... Yeah, my birthday's today. Happy 39th. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) A little Jack Benny there on you. No, happy birthday, uh, Judy in Toronto. Oh, yeah. We listen to the show every day. And to quote Robbie Lane, we have a couple of wobbly pops. Uh, He's not here right now, but he'll, not Robbie Lane, my boyfriend. (laughs) Maybe he'll bring a couple of wobbly pops. He'll be over in a little while. But, yeah, you take care. Okay, Judy in Toronto, thank you so much. Dean in Toronto, you're on Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Welcome. Oh, hi. How are you today? Well, how are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, I just called in because uh, a couple of your callers had called on the topic of the numbers and sort of the difficulty of finding them. So what I found is every day the Ontario government 
on their website. They put out a daily epidemiological report, and they've done it day after day since the beginning of uh, the pandemic, basically. Um, so there are a couple of questions that came up, uh, and I think one of them was essentially uh, for younger people, how is this current wave affecting them? So I know it sounds a little bit boring, but if you'll bear with me, um, I compared the report from April 1st, which is a couple of weeks ago, to today. So in the 20 to age 39 category, there are five additional deaths over the past two weeks. In the past two weeks, so it's gone from a total of 34 to 39. You go to the next age category, that's 40 to 59, and there are 20 additional deaths going from 314 to 334. Uh, the next demographic is 60 to 79. 112 additional deaths from 2,101 to 2,213. Um, and 80 plus is 115 additional deaths uh, since April 1st, and that's from 4,960 to 5,075. And that's what we've actually, I know that's a way of laying your eyeballs on, on what we've been talking about here on Zoomer Radio News as well as on Fightback, and that is yeah. even though we are seeing more of the new infections among the younger demographics, yeah, an overwhelming majority still who succumb, unfortunately, something like 90% or so, are the ones 60-plus. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, far more because it's just, like you've had over the last two weeks, unfortunately, over 200 deaths in the 60-plus category, but only 25 in, um, you know, less than age 59, 59 or lower. Yeah, that's basically reinforcing what we've been what we've been yeah. saying. So yeah, yeah, and just a couple of other uh, real quick. Your, yeah, uh, one of your most recent callers said, "I wonder like how many people are going to the ICU." So again, on the same report, uh, daily epidemiological report, uh, as of today, it reports that ever in ICU in Ontario with COVID is three thousand four hundred and forty-seven. So from the beginning until now. 3,447 people have been in ICU due to COVID. Okay. Dean and Toronto, well, it's not okay, but you know what I mean. Thank you for the... That's just the data. That's the info for those who are interested. Okay. Dean and Toronto, thank you so much. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. Not sure how many more we'll be able to get. We might be able to to get you in before we turn things over to uh, Jeremy Logan in the news at 1. Norman, North York, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Bob. I feel a little vaccine guilt. I was able to get mine about a month ago, no problem, but my 80-year-old mother-in-law, who was in the hospital for a fall for a few weeks, couldn't get hers. She working to get it through her social worker maybe in the next couple of weeks. My 60-year-old ex-spouse, who has health issues and no family doctor, is having the darndest time getting hers, and my daughter and her husband, who are in their late 20s, have already contracted the virus with no hope of getting a vaccine soon. Fortunately, they're okay, but that's always the worry. Is it going to get worse? Yeah, so it's uh, my, my. I, I don't think you should should feel guilt. I mean, at the same time, family's family, but you also, you know, you, gotta, you have to look after yourself, and we all have to. Uh, sometimes it's easier for some people to do it by themselves. Others need help, and all you can do is be there for, uh, for the other family members, and uh, hopefully uh, some of them will, if not all of them, will be able to get theirs uh, sooner rather than later. So fingers crossed for that. Norm and uh, North York, thank you for calling. Okay, no problem. All right, and this could be our last call. We'll see how it goes. Rob in East York. Rob, you're on Zoomer Radio's Fightback. Welcome. Yes, uh, good, uh, good afternoon. Uh, my mom is in a, a nursing home. I'm kind of concerned about the science um, and the basis for policy with these nursing homes. Um, my, uh, my mom caught COVID back in April, and I fought tooth and nail to get her out of the nursing home while there was an outbreak. She was at Wellesley Central Place while there was an outbreak in her unit. Uh, I'm in court with my sister over this. And then once there was, um, uh, since she caught COVID, I wanted her taken to the hospital for monitoring. And it's a lucky thing she's alive today because they they only took her when she began to fail after the, the, at the end of the incubation period, in spite of my efforts to get her to, to go there for monitoring. I was told by a doctor there that it was lucky that they called when they did. They called 911 when they did because when I called at the outset, when she was first diagnosed, I was told, uh, my sister opposed this, and the nursing home didn't send her. Well, now, 
uh, I'm having issues on sort of the other extreme with visitation. Uh, there's directives uh, the ministry put out that are online that are quite clear. And I wrote in the fall, they were only letting me visit my mom twice a week. And, uh, and I wrote to them to say, you know, according to the ministry directives, you're not allowed, the nursing homes aren't, or the, uh, according to the ministry, nursing homes aren't allowed to limit the frequency, the duration, and impose scheduling. What were you told? Sorry? What were you told? Like, well, where, by the home? Anything. I wrote to them, and they said, well, you can only visit twice a week. They said, we're only permitting you to visit twice a week. Well, Mom had a stroke on, on January 31st. And I, I told them in advance, look, I'd really like to see her more than twice a week. I used to see her six times a week. She needs the stimulation, and she's not happy in that nursing home. I mean, it's a, it's a lovely building. She's a wealthy central place. But then what happened was when she came back, they said, no, I'm sorry, uh, uh, I received a voicemail from the services director saying, this is, you know, we just can't because we've got new students coming in for training and other people want to visit their parents or something. But mom's got her own room and her own bathroom. So I can't see how more people or less people, nobody visits in the evening much. I don't see many mm-hmm. caregivers coming in the evening, if any. Mm-hmm. I tend to visit in the evening. I like to visit in the morning as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I phoned the ministry. I spoke with an a inspector who called and spoke with him twice. And it just seemed to be going, I, I, asked, I insisted that things be put in writing because I... Um, yeah, you want to have anywhere. something You want to have something to fall back on as opposed to he said, he said. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, I yeah. did get confirmation on the 23rd of March that they, can, they confirmed that they're imposing scheduling. See, the thing is that they're imposing scheduling and they're limiting duration and frequency of visits. They were limiting frequency. Now... They're saying, I just got an email from them yesterday. There were complaints about other things, which I'm disputing. But uh, it seemed to me, like, I've been going there for 15 years. There have been no issues at all. I mean, I wear the PPE and all this kind of thing. Rob, I think I I picked you, uh, your call, or just the way it all worked out at at a a bad point in the show, as we're going to have to close here. So I'm going to have to let you go. Sorry, let you go and wish you luck with the ministry as well as with the home and uh, hope that uh, that situation with your mom in long-term care can be straightened out. Bob Comsick sitting in for Libby Zneimer. Free for all Friday here on Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. And we've got the latest modeling numbers coming from the province any moment now. Doug Ford with the new measures at 2.30. More coming up on the news about those uh, topics and other things this afternoon on the news. And on Monday with Libby Snymer when she's back. I'm Bob Comsick. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.